Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And we're here to shine a light on some movies that maybe we've all forgotten that we once loved. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for coming. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's the gist of it. We're, we want to introduce some, we want to re- talk about some movies that we kind of uh, loved growing up or even loved maybe like four or five years ago that people seem to have forgotten about. Um, and maybe, maybe we have kind of uh, thought of them in, in a way that is not so good. And, and, you know, maybe we love them, but we, upon revisiting them, we don't love them that much. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with that, uh, at the end of the, at the end of the episode, whether we, uh, think you should revisit it or not, or if you've already seen it, maybe watch it again. Um, just a little bit about me. Actually, you know what, Mike, you go, since I've just been talking for the last 30 <laughs> seconds. All uh, right, then, uh, I'm Mike Butler. I'm an actor and writer, um, based on the East coast. What currently pays the bills is I work at a movie theater with Mike Field. That's right. We both are managers there. So we are kind of, um, it's a bit, both of us, I think, but uh, I'm talking about me. We're kind of steeped in this, this, uh, this kind of cinema life. We, you know, we work it, we watch it, we love them. Um, we watch a ton of them. So we have, you know, spent many an hour watching these films. I kind of come at it more from, I would say, like, probably when I look at these films, more from an acting kind of uh, way, more like... Uh, definitely less technical, more of like how p- things are performed, and um, I'll sometimes sympathize with a movie just if I like the performances alone, even if the movie's not very good, um, which is something that I'm sure we'll all discover together as we watch and talk about these films. But yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. I've done a few uh, a few web series and uh, mostly stage work and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, what Mike said is is accurate. Yes, uh, not only do we come at these movies from in terms of the movie exhibition side, you know, being there when uh, they're open and just seeing you know the crowds and the audiences and and everyone's kind of reactions to it. Also, being audience members ourselves, we're also coming at it from creating some some movies. I've been doing, uh, I've been writing uh, for about twenty years now, directing probably the same amount of time. Uh, I've done two web series, The Puzzle Maker Son and Scenes from the Movies. Uh, the latter based upon uh, working in a movie theater uh, both those you can find on vimeo and uh, youtube shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely or my website michaeldfield.com okay i'm done with the plugs uh i've also uh done a feature many many years ago uh probably early 2000 um yes so that was called save the forest i don't think you can find that anywhere um, but basically, you know, it, it takes a lot to make it, it. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of people, a lot of time, a lot of money to make these movies. So we, we don't take it lightly. Um, so any kind of critique that we have is is done through that lens. Uh, we just we both love cinema and we think that honestly, that's probably the best prerequisite for anybody to talk about cinema mm-hmm. if you have a healthy respect for it. So that's us. Would you like to introduce tonight today's movie, Mike? All right. Tonight we're going to uh, talk about a, uh, a film that came out in 2008, uh, Wanted. This is the mind-numbing black hole I call a job. And this is me, Wesley Gibson. 
Nobody. Like everybody else, I just keep waiting for a lotto ticket out of my boring existence and into a life that means something. I knew your father. My father died the week I was born. Your father died yesterday on the rooftop of the Metropolitan Building. He was one of the greatest assassins who ever lived. Then the other one is behind you. I thought he'd be taller. Shoot the wings off the flies. You're insane. Insanity is coasting through life in a miserable existence when you have a caged lion locked inside. I really think you have me mixed up with somebody else. We are a fraternity of assassins. The weapons of fate. The fraternity has trained assassins for thousands of years. You'll be given everything you need. Curve the bullet. To kill your target. I think he's ready. We don't know how far the ripples of our decisions go. Kill one, save a thousand. Now, that's what we believe in, and that's why we do it. This is what's been missing from your life, Wesley. Purpose. All you have to do now is embrace it. Take control of your own destiny. Join us. Wanted. All right, so uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit about the movie Wanted. As, as my, uh, Mike said before, it was, came out in 2008. Uh, June 27th, 2008 was released the same weekend as the very popular and a movie that I really like, Pixar's WALL-E. Um, same weekend, did not beat it, it was second. Uh, I think it made $50 million its opening weekend. It actually made um, 100 and let me see if I got this right. Because I just lost the note. There we go. It, it domestic gross was 134 million. Uh, worldwide was uh, 207. So basically, worldwide was 341. Uh, foreign was 207. So it made 341 million dollars worldwide. Definitely a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't like to use Rotten Tomatoes as a barometer for movies that I watch, it is 71 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I guess is that what is it called? Fresh? Is that what it's it is? A, I believe that's certified fresh. Yes, Rotten okay. Tomatoes, not a green splat. <laughs> Nominated for two Academy Awards for sound editing and sound mixing and and if you've seen the movie that makes sense mm-hmm. um budget was 75 million dollars uh it was directed by teamer here we go beck Manbitov. that's bad i apologize sir uh, um, i believe it's timor beckman uh, yep, nope. yep so we both apologize sir yep. um it's with great respect uh he is uh I mean, he basically is known for Nightwatch and Daywatch, although he did do Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which I have mixed feelings on. I don't think we're going to have this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, like I said, the movie uh, 2008, it was an hour and 48 minutes. It's based on a comic by Mark Millar and J.G. Jones, who did the illustrations, mm-hmm. if that's accurate. It's written by Michael Brandt and Derek Haas uh, from... Too Fast, Too Furious fame, and uh, 310 to Yuma, the Russell Crowe movie, which I really, really like. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That, that's, a, that's a big plus for me. 310 is a really good movie. I also really like Danny Elfman, who did the score, who uh, I, I'm a big fan of Mr. Elfman. Um, and in terms of the, the only other fact I have down here, it uh, was filmed in the Czech Republic and mm-hmm. Chicago. Uh, I think it did some pickups in New York, but you can definitely tell in the movie when you're watching it 
I was like, that doesn't look like America. No, there are a lot of moments in the movie that you go through and it's just his street, the ATM machine. That's not an ATM machine we have here. It's yeah, just, no, absolutely. It's a little, uh, but what's funny <laughs> is that, you know, uh, in the, well, we'll get to that later. Uh, um, okay. So now that I've given you the facts, Mike, why don't you, uh, Mr. Butler, why don't you, um, break down the summary of the movie itself? All right, so Wanted uh, takes place in a world where assassins are um, all part of this secret cabal, and they are almost super-powered. They, uh, they have abilities beyond our own. And Wesley, played by James McAvoy, has been living a you know seemingly normal, mundane life that he's pretty sick of. He's a nobody. Uh, he's never had his uh, father in his life. And... One day he finds out, in a spectacular fashion, that his father uh, was an assassin and is dead. father was one of the greatest assassins who ever lived. The man who killed him is behind you. And now the man who killed him is after Wesley. And Wesley has to train to become this great assassin like his father was in order to avenge the father he never knew. Giving Wesley kind of a a purpose in life that um, he was severely lacking. And there's some twists and turns along the way which we'll kind of get to. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So of course, you know, in my grandiose uh, uh, introduction of the facts, I I don't give you any of the cast members. That's great. So as as Mike (laughs) said, James McAvoy is the the lead, plays Wesley. uh, Angelina Jolie is in this. She is uh, known as Fox. I don't remember if that's her first or last name. Uh, I don't believe they really. I think that's all kind of like their code name. She has a different name. I think that they show their names when they're when he at the end when he's passing out the uh, your your name was on the list yeah. that kind of thing. Some of them, yeah. Yeah, Morgan Freeman, who I'm talking about, is Morgan Freeman who plays Sloan. Mm-hmm. Um, Common, who plays the gunsmith. That's what he's known as. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Wesley's father is uh, Kretschmann, Michael. I think it's Thomas Kretschmann. Thomas Kretschmann. He's in. Um, did you see Stalingrad? Uh no, but it, it's kind I, of the same style okay. of this. I don't know. I can't. I don't think uh, Timor directed that, uh, but I think that he produced it. But okay, I remember. I remember because I remember seeing the ad for Stalingrad, and it was like in IMAX. And then I saw the movie. Yeah. I didn't see it in IMAX. I saw it at home, and uh, I guess I was glad I saw it at home and didn't spend money. So, um, but yeah, no, that's. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's actually a face because I've seen him in other stuff too. Okay, like, it just yeah. pops up. Um. But yeah, so I mean, those those are the facts of the movie. I mean, I mean, can you think of anything else that I've forgotten that, that people might not? Which is the plot? That's the basic plot. Um, yeah. I mean, if you want, now we're gonna when we start talking about the movie, we'll get into the spoilers. And so, yeah. If so if, yeah, if you have, if you have not seen the if you have not seen Wanted, stop, pause, go watch it, come back, and we'll uh, we'll tell you what we thought. All right. So, um, I guess let's get into it. All right. You, let's start off with. Um, Maybe I guess let's start off with what we liked. All right. Um, go ahead. You you can you can you can shout. All right. You can start it off, and then I'll just I'll just pepper in <laughs> all my all my likes and interests. And all right. So I mean, I like Wanted, uh, but uh, on the whole, on the whole, I like James McAvoy. I've always liked James McAvoy. I think he's really good in pretty much everything I've seen him in. Um, I mean, if you haven't seen Split, um, he's amazing in that. But I mean, he's he's starting out, and he's maybe not the man you would think would be kind of this action star. Um, which is kind of the point, which is why he was cast. Um, but he does a great job. He does a great job as the stressed out little Weasley guy that you see at the beginning. And then he does a really good job as a cocky kind of, you know, cocky kind of ass toward the end. Yeah, he, he gets, re- he gets, he gets real cocky real fast. Yeah. Like, 
like real fast, which <laughs> um, one of the things about the the character Wesley that I thought was interesting. I don't know if I would necessarily say this is like, oh, I, I really enjoyed this part. But what I thought was interesting was that um, the idea that he has panic attacks or his anxiety is actually a superpower. What you experienced, Wesley, was not a panic attack. Your heart was beating in excess of 400 beats per minute, sending abundant amounts of adrenaline into your bloodstream. This allows you to see and react faster than normal. The reason why he's like this is because he is, has so much adrenaline he can't control it. I thought that was interesting, and yeah. I, I don't remember, I don't remember picking that up the first time I saw. It. I mean, the first time. I mean, one of the things I liked about it is that it's fun. Like you go in because this came out in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go in; it's just a fun movie, and you you you, you know if you're just sitting there and you're just like. You don't know what to expect, or you, you you saw the the ads for it, and you're just like, oh, it looks like it could be cool. And and if you just, I and I don't like the term "shut off your brand," so I won't use that here because that's, okay. that's I shouldn't have. I, you use that term? No, yeah. I I think that's yeah. insulting. I hate when people say like, you just gotta <laughs> shut off your brain and like this movie. Like, no, I can like a movie and still be thinking about, about others. Movie, yeah. yeah, that's that's not. That's that's inaccurate. That's an inaccurate claim. If you're saying you need to shut off your brain for a movie, then the movie's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so agreed. So yeah. So uh, in that regard, I, I enjoy. That um, the 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 fun of the movie. I was going to say funness, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> the fun of the movie. So yeah, so yeah, no. So just kind of jumping on, piggybacking on what you're talking no, about, I got you. Wesley. Yeah, I mean Angelina Jolie. This is probably her last big role, I would say. Probably, I, I can't think of anything else that she did after this that was big. Um, other than maybe a couple of Oscar kind of things, the one where she was missing her kid, the Changeling, Changeling. Um, but yeah, this was kind of this was kind of the end of her acting career. This, right after this. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, okay, Mike. not that she's done; she could jump back in whenever she wanted to. But then this, I think, after this, she started to do a lot more of the humanitarian work and stuff like that. So it's kind of fun to see Angelina Jolie back in like a movie because um, I haven't seen her anything so long. What are you talking about? She yeah. was she was Malis- Maleficent. I just looked that up. Maleficent <laughs> <laughs> uh, two is coming out uh, at some point. So I guess she's going to be doing stuff again. But I hear what you're saying. She Which. like, I mean, although I will say this: that after after she did this movie, she did that movie Salt, which I actually like Salt. Uh, you have to watch yeah, it. Disag- That'll be in another episode. Yeah. You have to watch that episode again. <laughs> you have to watch that again because I kind of liked it. It was kind of like a, a. I know we're not even talking not about water now. Yeah, not well, no, we're going off topic, tangent. But... I don't want to hear it. So just, just to go, just to briefly go into about Salt, it's a little like um, the Manchurian Candidate, except action wise. Oh, I know. So that's why I liked it. But anyways, it's also back, back for Cruise. It's also what <laughs> written for Tom Cruise. And he said, so everything's written for Tom Cruise, I'm sure. True. I mean, I'm sure that's the, as soon as they have a script, they're like, who's going to go? Cruise. Speaking of, I, I, Tom, if you're listening, I've, I've got a script for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's too busy shooting 18 uh, Mission Impossibles back to back to back that's to okay. back. They're all good. <laughs> three. All right. So you, I'm sorry. Back to Wanted. All um, right. So, I mean, it was good seeing her. Obviously, Morgan Freeman. Um, uh, can, can we swear? Uh, I'm going to swear. Uh no uh, okay. yeah I guess that's fine no? all right there's no we haven't we can always bleep it out if yeah, we decide right. to become PJ because uh when he says motherfucker it makes the movie for me um you know you don't usually Morgan Freeman usually kind of he's a pretty calm cool collected guy so when when he kind of points to James McAvoy and says that line toward the end at the I'm end like, oh yeah. yeah now if any of you feel the need to follow the code of the fraternity to the letter. I invite you to take your gun, put it in your mouth, and pull the trigger. That is what Wesker demands. Otherwise, shoot this motherfucker 
And let us take our fraternity of assassins to heights reserved only for the gods of men. I'm almost on his side. <laughs> that line is almost like the line in um, John Wick 2 when Lawrence Fishburne's like, somebody get this man a gun. It's yeah, almost absolutely. like that line, which that's a great movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I, I enjoy those characters. Um Let's see what else do I enjoy about it. I like obviously the okay, well, let's, is well done. Well, I let's, love the physical. It's the practical effects over the CGI effects. Although there is, that's more of like one of my cons. There is an overuse of CG in the movie, but there is still a lot of physical practical effects. The sets actually blow up. You know, the action and the fighting, hand to hand combat stuff is real. Well, the ending is good. Like the ending with although it, the, some of the effects are dated. Yes. I mean, but that's just what you're going to get with a ten year old movie. I mean, it's just um, even effects now, ten years from now, you're going to be like, ugh. Yeah. And that's not fair to saddle a movie with that because you're doing the best you can at the time. But the the loom when he runs through the loom and they're they're that whole action piece mm-hmm. when he's like catching the guns. And oh, shoot, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that that's done well. That's well done. But it, it, it but it is dated. But yes. But yes. But that's, it's still well done. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> consider that a negative because it's like, well, what are they gonna do? Go, you know? Yeah, this is they're doing what they did, what they can do with, at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the story was interesting. Um, the, uh, the twist about the father actually not being dead and he's actually out to kill all the assassins because the assassins are what's evil. I enjoyed that. Well, well, just to piggyback on that. Yeah. Even that's the second time we've used piggyback today. That opening scene I like when he, because we're talking about his dad, that you think it's his dad. So in the movie, when they introduce that, the assassin, when he jumps across the building. Okay. I like that scene. You don't like that scene? All right, fun fact. Why don't first, you like that scene? The first time I watched this, I rented it. I didn't catch it in the theater. I was too busy watching probably Wally and Dark Knight and Nerd. all those other movies Dark- over and over again. <laughs> um, so I rented it. Uh, I was watching with my girlfriend. We put it in. The rooftop scene happened. He jumped out of the window. And I got off my seat. And I went to go turn the play- player off. And I said, this is absolutely ridiculous. This is terrible. I'm sorry. I'm turning this. I can't wow. This. I, um, I, I, I had my hand on the eject button. He murdered all the guys. And the scene switched to uh, Wesley and James McAvoy. And I was like, I kind of liked his monologue. So I was like... Uh, all right, I'll give you five more minutes. Wow. But that rooftop scene, even when I rewatched it now, I just watched it and I I, I hate it. That I, rooftop I scene it. sets the tone for the entire they movie. They never fly again in the movie. That guy well, flies. Well, he, technically he jumped. I, technically I, he jumped really far because he has a lot of adrenaline. I mean, I know we're supposed to be talking about our likes and I was going to wait to say this till later. I but. think uh, I, I think what we're going to learn is that the likes and dislikes will always bleed into each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, well, what else do you like about the movie? I'll, uh, I'll get back to that. I really enjoy the um, the action set piece at the end is really fantastic. I guess the monologues. I I mean, the first time I watched this, it wasn't a big deal. But uh, watching James McAvoy slap Chris Pratt with a, a keyboard and break his face uh, is fantastic. He's the worst best. He's the worst friend. He's like, just he's awful. The, like it's like so like blatant <laughs> that he's like with his with his girlfriend. It's just like. Like, and he doesn't care. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. So when he gets hit in the face and when he gets pushed down and the, uh, later on when they meet him again, it's just, it's fantastic. It almost feels like a comment on young American males back then, 10 years ago. I mean, I mean, you well, know absolutely. I mean? It's kind of like, like bro like, culture kind of a thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of, which, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of, I, anybody should be a big fan of bro culture, but, um, <laughs> no one, no one wants to be a bro. Right. Right. But like, it was like, it's almost like, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Chris Pratt had the note, Hey, you know, 
be the complete jerk that you can be, be a douche, <laughs> douches of douches. Um, but yeah, like it was almost like it was like really over the top. Like, how do you not know it's him? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I still enjoyed him getting his last time, but now the fact that it's it's superstar Chris Pratt um, back, you know, before he was anything, and it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, Chris Pratt gets it. <laughs> Although he looks really good in The Kid. Have you seen the trailer for The Kid? The, the Kid looks fantastic. He, I think I showed looks, you the trailer for The Kid. Yeah. No, no, I knew. I Yeah, yeah I knew, but I'm a, I'm a huge D'Onofrio fan, so I knew Absolutely, he was directing yeah. it. Yeah. But, but yeah, he, no, he, he doesn't even look like him. Right, right. He's 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 the bad guy, which is great. All right, so we're gonna be doing that. Uh, Forgotten <laughs> Cinema. When I've already talked about four of the movies. <laughs> um, all right, so I mean, let me break down. Did you did you have any more likes? Um, I mean, I mean, I could. I, I'm just, you know, what? I just screw you. I'm just, I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm just gonna screw you. I'm just gonna go into it. Um, Whatever, yeah, I well, I like like I said, I like the opening because I think it sets the tone. When I think of this movie, I always think of the um, uh, the movie Shoot 'Em Up. Okay, with yep. uh, Clive Owen, like that kind of style. I mean, that was after it. You know, I just that kind of like surreal reality kind of thing. Like it's not. It, it's like it's kind of believable, but it's obviously not true. Like you know, a little out of the realm of possibility. right, right. You know, which like, you know, yeah. The curving bullets is. I, I actually really like curving bullets. It was a great riff right. on like kind of like the Matrix has bullet time. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. Oh, what can we do different? And it's it's curving the bullets, which I really like. I want you to curve the bullet. How am I supposed to do that? If no one told you that bullets flew straight, and I gave you a gun and told you to hit the target, what would you do? Yeah, and plus, I mean, you're going to get that based on the comic, although the comic has a dude that's, like, completely made of poop. The comic... <laughs> so, I, uh... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I we're swearing. Kinda, I did kind of shit. <laughs> I did kind of want to talk about how different the comic is from the film because the comic book takes place in the world of superheroes and the assassins and all these villains have killed all the superheroes at that point. So uh, this kind of, this this kind of this film took that concept and it's kind of an example of you can make a a film based on another piece of work and change it up and still make it work within still make it work for what it is but go completely off of the story kind of come kind of do your own thing because it really takes the violence and the, the basic storyline of um you know Wesley learning to be the assassin but you know there are no it's not a world of superheroes and villains and stuff like that and I think that's really cool and I think that's well done and even Mark Millar really enjoyed that they kept the tone of his comic um that that was the thing that survived mm-hmm. okay uh, um well I the other thing that uh I liked was actually like the uh the 90s vibe from the music from Nine Inch Nails. I did notice. I was like, that's not really 2008. Yeah, I had to look it up. I had, Well, I shazammed it as I was uh, listening to it. Um, but yeah, so like I had to... Right? Is that right? Is that, that's the app, right? Shazam's a music app. Yeah, I, that's what I used. Yeah, Grandpa. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I... But yeah, because it was very like... It felt like 90s and I'm like, this is eight years removed from the 90s, but that makes sense. I mean, that's probably... You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe... 90s was big back in in Russia back in 2008. So. Everything, yeah. Everything, yeah. they get everything after us. So. so I enjoyed that. I know. <laughs> so I I, uh, I enjoyed that. Like I said, I, I think I like I like the set pieces. Uh, so the opening action piece. I like the, the piece, uh, the, the car when they're shooting at each other, the whole action scene when they're in the car, and she like gets out, and she's like, you know. Right, yeah, yep. She's mm-hmm. driving and, and shooting at the same time. With high heels. Oh, apparently she was really strapped to that car, I read. Nice. Well, good for her. 
Um, so I like that. Uh, I liked the. I think I said I already liked the um, the panic attacks. Yeah. Um, I like the message of the movie. Like I like the end. I think everybody likes the end when he like turns to the camera and says, "What you know? Whatever you've been yeah, doing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, I like that. Um, yeah, like it's fun to watch. Yes, it is. I enjoy absolutely. It. I, I have a good time, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. I probably have more. Not, I don't want to say problems. I, I probably have more questions about things within the plot of the story. Okay. Um, one being that it takes him awfully quick to be this superstar trainee, superstar. All of a sudden, he like he. I studied like there's a point when he's begging Sloan to go after his dad. Yep. And he's like, I've I've trained, I've trained all hard, I've read everything about this. Like, whoa, how long have you been here? Five uh, days? He says he uh at the toward the end he says six weeks after his dad gets killed. It's it's been six weeks. Oh, give me a that break. Whole Even thing up to that is not is not long enough to to all of a sudden he's like this masterful assassin that <laughs> I, I, that was kind of like what? What? Like he was way too fast. Oh yeah. Everything. And I like the scene when he he hit. Everyone likes the scene where he hits Chris Pratt the keyboard. Yes. Uh, his friend Barry. But I thought that that came w- way too early. Like that might that should have been like towards the end. I thought. Uh yeah, I think if you put it toward the end, like he when he go kind of goes back to his li- not back to his life, but he's back out of the assassins. Uh, Guild maybe um, It could have been toward the end But you know He's all pumped up That's him You know Juiced up he's, he's got all his money And stuff like that So I mean that's kind of the end It's kind of a punctuation mark The end of his old life Well I mean I know that It's also You know The the character's journey Where he um, He's Choosing his journey his right. cho- He's choosing his action But he doesn't really refuse it He never really Turns his back on the journey itself. Right. I, I think that they offer it to him and, and we're supposed to witness his life, his panic attacks, the way that that woman Janice, I'm sorry, would be written up by HR constantly, the way, <laughs> way her behavior was, even back, even, that's just 10 years ago, but she was a bully. Shut the fuck up! She has one single iota of tenuous power. She thinks she can push everyone around? Junior high must have been kind of tough, but it doesn't give you the right to treat your workers like horseshit, Janice. I know we laugh at you, Janice. We all know you keep a stash of jelly donuts in the top drawer of your desk. But I want you to know that if you weren't such a bitch, would feel sorry for you. I do feel sorry for you. But as it stands, the way you behave... Can speak for the entire office. What I tell you? Go fuck yourself. We see his life and everything that is encompass. You know, his girlfriend hates him. His best friend's cheating on him with his girlfriend, and like that's supposed to be his indecision to not choose the path. Right. Like he doesn't actually turn his back on it, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. I don't know if that's necessarily wrong or anything. I just thought that that was an interesting way to kind of play that character journey within this scope of this movie. Yeah, uh, 
I think it's in regards to the fact that, you know, they spent so long getting him there. And they got to do the assassin thing, which already is sped, sped up. So it's like, all right, we have to get him. We have to get him into that building. We have to do that. No more turmoil for him. Well, when he shoots, when he shoots the wings off the flies. Yeah. And then he just leaves. Like, is that his refusal? Because he doesn't. It's almost like they offer it to him. Mm-hmm. He leaves them. And then he just decides, okay, I'm going to do it. I mean, he goes back to his uh, shitty life. Right. But the, but there's nothing within that life where, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I think he refuses because he just thinks it's the right thing. He doesn't want to you know, be, a, mm-hmm. to be a killer and that's not him. He's obviously not ready for that. Right. Yeah, I think the beginning is just to set up the fact that what else is he going to do? He's got nothing. He's a nobody, so he might as well do it. I don't, I don't think there's much indecision. We know as, a, as the audience he's going to be an assassin anyway. So, and I think it's... That's well, probably to keep it within the two-hour runtime. To be honest, it's an hour and forty minutes. You well, got to keep it. I do appreciate. I do appreciate yeah. the hour forty-eight. I do appreciate that movies. They sh- they shouldn't be two. They shouldn't be two and a half hours. It's just learn how to cut. I mean, I get it. You're gonna pay eighteen bucks for a movie. You're gonna want to see a three-hour film. Something like Avengers Endgame. I mean, it's the last. You know. Possibly the last movie we're all together. I'm yeah. sure people wanted to see it for four hours. I, I mean, get there that. are certain movies that yeah. should be that long, but, but if you're a first time is, action movie, yeah. hour forty eight's good. That's fine. Yeah. I I also didn't understand the fact that, and I think this goes along with the training um, that he can read the loom now, like he can read the numbers, like. That was never in his training. Yeah. I Sloan did it once. I showed him. And I, even when he was doing it, I was like, what? If he was a software engineer in that office instead of an accountant, and then Sloan just goes, it's binary. And he was like, okay, I can read binary. But they make him an accountant. It's like, Is he an accountant? I think he's an account manager. or he's, An account, then, man, account account he, manager, yeah. Because then they talk about how consultant. it's, we don't manage accounts. He, he has a whole like piece of his monologue about yeah, that. Yeah, we manage yeah. accounts now. We don't. Yeah, so I yeah, but but I hear you. But yeah, so if he was a software engineer, and he's like, "This is binary." He's like, "Oh, binary, I know this." Kind of like you know, Neo's a soft in the Matrix. He's a, a software engineer. Yeah, he's, he's a, a he's hacker. A, he knows yeah. he knows this kind of stuff. Yep, yep. So give him just that simple like career change. Yeah, I would have. I don't believe he could read the loom. But then again, that could also have been fixed by just Terrence Stamp telling him what it actually reads um, when he yeah. gives him the uh, the actual paper and the actual kill order. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that scene, the whole scene where he kills his dad, mm-hmm. uh, the train scene is great, um, but, but, but they kill a lot of people on that train. <laughs> like that I was thinking I was, the same thing. Yeah, when, when the train's gone, I'm like, oh boy, this is not good. <laughs> like they, that's a bad assassin job. And like, that's, not, that's <laughs> never brought up. And like, you know, like the whole thing, like, because at the end of the movie, Angelina Jolie decides that, and I read that she asked to be killed in the movie. She didn't believe that her character would should survive because knowing that that they were doing things that they shouldn't have been doing, right? right that yeah. they were being tricked by Sloan into into doing stuff for profit, put them on the list. Basically, that's how I. That's what I interpreted it as. Okay, was walk around. You're on the list. You're on the list. Well, that tells me that's because they were doing they what were killing Sloan people. That right, wasn't right. To be, yeah. So when, um, so so she. Curves the bullet, she kills them all. Yep. Discovering that they've been unjust, but that doesn't come into play when the they just basically killed hundreds of people just to kill one guy. So oh, that, that to her, that's worth it. <laughs> to her, that's worth it. Those hundreds of people to die, that was okay. She doesn't feel remorse for that, but she feels remorse the fact that oh wait, I was on the list because I was doing bad things. Oh, hang on, let me just curve this bullet so we can kill everybody. Yeah, I mean, technically she was still working for you know God or fate or whoever was running the loom. So 
you know, save one to save, kill one to save a thousand is the line they use. You know, maybe kill 150 to save a thousand is still still good odds. Where, where have I heard that before? The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. I've never seen that. From- <laughs> Well, fun fun fact, I actually, I've started watching Discovery. Nice. So nice. They, they, I just got to the part when they say that. I'm like, oh, come on now. You got to start throwing in those classic lines to the Trekkies. Be like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was a dick move that he killed his dad. Like, that was, like, rough. Like Right when he was trying to help him up, too. Clearly, he was trying to help him in the train, and he's not killing him. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Thanks. Let me just pump a bullet into your chest. Yeah, exactly. Quick. Like, what was the plan there? Like, he was gonna he when he shot him, he grabs him and then he shoots him. He didn't that once think that he was gonna fall into the hole with him. Maybe at that point he didn't care as long as he got yeah. avenged his dad. They never knew. <laughs> <laughs> the train scene, which well, it was okay. I never had a problem with the train scene. Was when it was filmed. It was filmed with the because they couldn't get the train. Obviously, they can't put the actors on the train. They want to do it physical. Oh come on. They, <laughs> They put the actors on the top of a, a non-moving train and built a bridge that moved on a, a track. Oh, you're talking about... Hold on. You're talking about the train scene when they shoot the guys through the window? The train scene when they have to duck under the bridge and Wesley's got to learn to, you know... And he hits duck his arm? It, when he hits his arm and when he jumps over Oh, okay, okay. Both times, it's actually the bridge moving really quickly over them and the way they shot it with the ah. green screen makes it seem like it's the train, but it's really the bridge moving as quick as possible. And they actually had James McAvoy jump over. Obviously, he's wearing wires, but they have him actually jump over the bridge. Bridge That's good, and uh, do the jump as best as he could. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the stunt work and anything, all the stuff. That, like we said, uh, yeah, stunt work's great. Yeah. I mean, the car. I always thought it was CG. The car when it picks him up. Um, yeah, okay. When she, at, well, when she first finds Wesley, when um, Fox twists the car and gets Wesley in the car by like hitting him into the door, that was actually done practically too. Oof, they just spun the car real quick, and the actor does hit his legs. It slowed down, but it's still a pain. That had to be uh, over in Europe, because I don't know if that would have flew over here. So we're just going to hit your ankles with this car, and you're just going to hey, fall No problem, in. no problem. All right. We'll put some plates in there, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow. But yeah, I do. I really like the physical uh, stunt work and stuff like that. That's one of the reasons I always really love the James Bond films, especially the more recent ones. And uh, I do. I like that about this. Uh, this, likewise. Ooh. I know you say we can't hold it against a film, but it does feel dated more than I would say other films that came out in two thousand eight. Okay, well, give it, me give me a movie that came out around the same time that you thought did achieved what it could. Like you know what I mean? Like all right, the like. Right, Dark Knight, and I know that's an extreme example. Oh, come so on, good. dude! But the way it's filmed, it doesn't it doesn't feel dated. You don't feel like you're in a city or a world necessarily that's so dated. And, and it might be because it's filmed in Europe. Um, it might be because of the music choices. Um, uh, it might just be because of the film grain they use. But the movie does feel like it's actually from you know 2000, not 2008. It does feel maybe a decade behind in terms of not the effects and the stunt work, but in terms of the feel and the look of the movie. Um, does feel a little older than maybe other movies from that time. No, I mean that. I, okay, that could be also his predilection to or predilection to the action. Of the of the of the movie itself, rather than the look of the film. I mean, I know you compared Dark Knight, and I know you know that's. I know that's not fair, and it's, it's arguably one of the best movies. Best, it's one of the best Batman movies. Is it the it's, best Batman? It's the best Probably Batman. The best Batman. Batman. It's the best. Batman. But that's it, Christopher Nolan, and Christopher Nolan is extremely meticulous with not only the story but the look, the feel. Oh, I, so yeah. so yeah. So like like because like when you watch a movie like The Untouchables or you watch a movie that's set in a different time period, like mm-hmm. The Untouchables came out in nineteen eighty seven, 
but it's set obviously in the twenties. Yeah, because of it, because it's you know you've got the costumes and you've got the the downtown Chicago, which still looked back then like the twenties. Yeah, you know the dressing, the cars, like a movie like that always holds up because it's a specific time period. Right. It's like a shot. So with Dark Knight, I think that's also. All those movies, even though they're shot like in Pittsburgh, yeah, uh, and and, Some, uh, and Pittsburgh and Chicago, yeah, yeah. but but yeah. there's there's like a Gotham City element to it, so right. that's kind of like that's its own character. One, it's not like that. One, it doesn't have that because you because like to your point. When they're getting, they're doing the chase, which I think was in Chicago because you can see the L train. And they did, yeah, that part was filmed. In Chicago. And then they get to, then they get to uh, the fraternity. Yeah, it's like a castle, right? Yeah, you know, it's like what, like it, it. You definitely didn't know where you were in the world in that movie, right? So yeah, so no, I hear what you're saying in that regard. Um, so that that was kind of like the day feel. Obviously, the beginning, I felt like. I'm not a fan of that rooftop scene. I think that that's not, <laughs> and not only because I'm not saying it's the greatest thing in the cinema. Well, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, you enjoyed it, and that's cool. I mean, that's what a lot of people like about it is that first scene is really what hooked them. That was why they filmed that scene. They do things in that first scene that also don't necessarily match up, or you don't see any other time in the movie. That that jump, that flying jump. He didn't fly. He jumped. It, it, he flies. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't you don't see that ever again in the movie. It's it, it's that kind of. Insane, and maybe that's because Wes is just not that good of an assassin. But all well, the rest of us, they don't need. Hold to on, he's had he's had six weeks, six whole weeks. Yeah, he hasn't learned flying he's, yet. He apparently read every book in that library for six weeks. That's right. Studied every kill. Yeah. Oh, come on. But the uh, I I just didn't like it. I don't like the glass shatter. I I just. When it like shatters over his face and it looks like pain glass. To be fair, they do that again. I he jumps into the loom room. Yes, I know, that, and that's probably not the name of it. They don't hold it as 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 short as quick. Yeah, I um, gotcha. And I mean, I do like that. You know, when he blows up the heads in that scene, there, there is a lot of blood. Um, they don't hold back on that, but that that whole sequence feels out of place compared to the rest of the movie. Um, I think so. I I'm not a fan of that. I think you could conceivably cut that out of the film, and the film would still be just as good. So the fact that nobody flew in the movie, <laughs> as you say it, is the reason why you don't like the opening. I mean, uh, let me, let me I, mean, I don't the, like the opening in general, but I think that's a big, like, it's just not consistent with the rest of the power set okay, that they establish. Right. Now, not that I'm going to, I'm not trying to change your mind. You can change, yeah. No, I'm fine. not trying to. I'm not, but I'm going to, but I, when he's, when he's. <laughs> You're going to say flying. Well, he's not flying, but when he <laughs> jumps and he's shooting and then like he pulls that old gun, he, he curves the bullet, like that whole thing. You, you get that, you immediately are introduced to the world and you're like okay it's this type of movie okay and then how do you so how do you not relate when Wesley takes the gun and shoves it into the eye of that dude and just starts shooting people through the <laughs> through the guy's head like that's pretty much from that scene that's that's a little bit of like ultra violence but it's just it's just I, I just don't like that it just she, feels inconsistent she takes with a car <laughs> she takes a car and leaps it into a moving train uh have you never done that before is that is, 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 have you never lived <laughs> okay what else didn't you like <laughs> um you know, I, I loved the rat scene in the first time I watched it, and uh, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was interesting and unique, and it's still interesting and unique, but I feel like it lost kind of the comedy appeal to it the second yeah. time I watched well, it. Much like, much like his six weeks of training, it took an all, it was awfully fast for the rats to infiltrate the castle. They love that peanut butter. I don't what, know what brand they Peanut use. butter mixed with explosive. What I love is the fact that he mixes it, and he's like, Ugh. he's pouring it out, and like he's looking, and the... One rat comes up, 
and then two rats come up and then cut and next thing you know he's got 45 million rats <laughs> my father was wrong about one thing everything they told me wasn't a lie they taught me how to kill how to feel no pain and most importantly that every job has a perfect weapon well i'm the perfect weapon and i'm supposed to run now i've been doing that my entire life so i say no i say kill them all and let fate sort out the mess how long did that take did that, that take another 20 minutes uh it took uh <laughs> 35 yeah, minutes exactly <laughs> It's a cut scene. Well, never never mind the fact. Never. Okay, so let's say he's got about what two hundred rats. Would be being nice. Okay, I so think he's got maybe five hundred rats. I would say five hundred. rats. He had yeah. five hundred watches. Hmm? He had five hundred watches as igniters. No, if you look closely, only a few rats have the actual igniters on them. Okay, so then he, they were looking for a chain reaction. Right. All right. I call horseshit. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah I don't like I mean I do love the, ex- the explosions that result I like that um, and this is when I was watching the special features Timur wanted the explosions to not be fire he wanted them to be dust and debris like you would see when you watch demolition crews destroy buildings and I think that's an interesting choice that action movies especially you know Michael Bay movies all the time have to be those fireballs and this mm-hmm. is just I was like the, dust and debris and everything. I was like the opening of uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance when the uh, store blows up. Oh right, yeah, yep. like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, listen, at that point, you're I'm an hour and twenty minutes into this farce movie, which I I enjoy. Yeah. So I when it happened, I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, even though I'm calling horseshit on it, it's still fine. It's, it's, I'm okay it's with the it. world you live in. It's, it's right. a comic book, right? Um, so that's it. Two dislikes. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> the movie is good. Um, I didn't like it as much because of the, uh, maybe the datedness of it. It do- I, I, I get what you're saying. It feels like it feels like um, an older film. But I do, I do enjoy. It. I don't think it holds up maybe quite as much, and that might be just because of how good it was of an action film and how people kind of tried to copy it from then on. Um, like you said, Shoot 'Em Up came after that. Mm-hmm. Um, Salt. Oh, there was another movie that came out. Well, I don't think Salt's in that vein. No, but I mean, I think that she was. Made an action star because of wanted, um, maybe. Well, no, Miss she'd Mister Mrs. Smith, right? That's true. Okay, but I hear what you're saying. Um, definitely, you know, Watchmen and Kick Ass, all those movies came out. I like Watchmen. Um, yeah, well, all those movies came out after. We won't be doing that one. <laughs> oh, we'll be doing. <laughs> all those movies came out after this film. So then you see, you know, you see Kick-Ass, you see one, uh, Watchmen, you see these other comic book worlds that are a little bit more, you know, grounded and darker come to life. And, and they have definitely taken some inspiration off of, off of Wanted. Um, and I feel like maybe that's what kind of holds Wanted back a little bit more from the first time I saw it in terms of my opinion of it. But that's not to say it's still not good. It's still not enjoyable. It's, it's really fun. It's really quick. You know, it's not boring. It doesn't hold you down. It's it's. You never look at your watch going, oh, when is this going to be over? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got right. any, anything else? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, why don't we talk about just to wrap it up? Is this a movie that people should revisit? I mean, I I think we're both going to say yes here. Uh, yeah, I yeah. would say yeah. Even Absolutely. though you don't like the opening, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the other movies that we talked about, even I would even say like. Like I even like John Wick, 
those mm-hmm. movies. Like, I don't think those those movies aren't like I don't want to say farcical because that's the word I'm looking for, but just kind of you know they're, they're obviously a different world, but they're it's a little bit more serious, right? Right. So I mean. It, so yeah, so I mean, I could, I kind of could compare it to that. I shoot 'em up. If you haven't seen Shoot 'em Up, you should. Um, just for the fact that I love when he jumps out of the plane and shoot 'em up, and he's like <laughs> shooting people as he's falling to the ground. Um, but yeah, no, uh, one, it's fun. One, it's a fun time. Yep. And uh, it's, I don't, I don't. It's definitely. I think if you haven't seen it, you should see it. I mean, if you if you've listened to this whole podcast and this episode, you've probably seen it. Yeah, you've, you've probably <laughs> already seen it. So if you're thinking about, hey, should I show it to somebody who likes movies like I like movies? Yeah, I would say yeah. I think it's worth it. Or if it's sitting on your shelf and it's collecting dust, you haven't put it in a while. You board, put it in. Give it, give it another go. It's definitely worth another another a rewatch. I've done that. I've had DVDs and I've looked at them and I've been like, "Why do I own this?" And then I watch it and I'm like, "Why do I still own this?" Like, so <laughs> it, it definitely things do shift in terms of like when you watch a movie. Like, I remember when I watched Wanted, I liked it a lot. Right now, revisiting it, um, I mean, I've seen it back and forth on probably like HBO or Showtime yeah, or something like that. Right, right, right. Uh, now revisiting it, I mean, I. Probably wouldn't say I don't love it as much, but I still it was still enjoyable. Yeah, right. It was definitely worth a rewatch. Definitely, maybe forgotten. I know that they wanted to make a sequel. Um, they, they've been talking McAvoy's, about that for a yeah, while. Character, or they actually wanted to bring Angelina Jolie back, either as a prequel or figure out a way she could have survived the uh, gaping wound in the side of her head. Yeah, at this um, point, at this point, like, I don't know what you're going to do. Uh, I mean, you could conceivably have James McAvoy get somebody else's assassin, but I can't see how the storyline wouldn't play out with the exact same theme as the first yeah. one. It would also it would almost be like a completely different movie. And like, I, I when I was, because obviously... You know, just kind of like doing like your little research for it. You obviously, we obviously go to IMDb and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was, he's got it on his, um, uh, director's got it on his, uh, page as being announced. Like this, oh, wanted the wanted to. to, like, but like this year, like this year's date. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe I guess. I mean, cause, but they've been talking about doing a remake, a remake, excuse me, a sequel for it for, uh, for a while yeah, now. Since the first one really right. came out, once it did well. Right. Um, I mean, what has Team Moore been up to? Lately. I mean, I, I've seen nine, which I don't know if he directed. Or he produced. did. Uh, he did. Um, uh, not Spartacus. He did. Uh, oh, he did Ben Hur. Yes. Yes. Rough. He did Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, right? He did do Abraham yeah. Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I I like that book. I didn't wasn't a fan of the movie. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, Ben Hur was just. Ugh. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. That, that, that's a movie that didn't need to be remade. But there's tons of movies like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, we're getting off topic. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure you don't want us, I'm sure you don't want us to break down our IMDb search right now. All right. So, Ben-Hur, <laughs> the lifetime gross of 26. <laughs> All right. So, yes, definitely watch it again. Yep. Uh, and uh, you know what? You should probably introduce it to somebody who hasn't seen it. That's probably a, a better uh not reference, but a better recommendation. Absolutely, because a lot of the movies that come out now, especially with a lot of Mark Millar's work being done, I know Netflix has a huge deal with him, um, with the Millerverse, Millerverse, I guess it would be called. Um, so there's going to be a lot more of his kind of work being shown, and I think they're all going to look back at the very first film that they did of him. So that's good. I'd that's like to think that they're also going to take this episode and put it on the Blu-ray special edition. Oh, absolutely. And, and be like, who are these dorks talking about movies? <laughs> so that's it. So uh, thanks for listening. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you've been listening to Forgotten Cinema.